Hey everyone, welcome. It is good to have you here at the Open Door Christian Church. Thank you for joining us today. You maybe didn't know this when you walked in, but today is a really important Sunday. It's an exciting Sunday. Today is Testimony Sunday. We're taking the Fear Not series that we've been through and the book of Acts that we're studying, and we're pulling it all together and saying, what is one of the things that God calls all of us to do to set aside our fears and to live out our calling in the Christian church, and that is to give our reason for our hope. And the reason for our hope, of course, is Jesus. It's who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for each one of us. And that is the very heart of a personal testimony. We've all got a story. We've got a life story, and that's just your history or your resume. A testimony is a very different thing. A testimony is God at work in your life. Paul gives us the greatest example for what a testimony is. Uh, He has this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Prior to that, Paul had not been a very good guy. In fact, he was a murderer. He was out trying to stop the Christian church. And on the road to Damascus, he has a personal encounter with Jesus that changes him forever. And what we read about in the New Testament is the rest of his life. We read about how he was changed and what God did with him after that encounter. And that really is our testimony as well. Who were you before you met Jesus? How did Jesus become real to you? And how are you and how was your life different because of giving your life to Jesus? What you're going to hear from today is some very brave people that are going to share their testimony of God at work in your life. Uh, One of them is uh, a guy that I am so privileged and honored, not just to call a son-in-law, but I get to call him a son of mine, and I just love this guy, and he has a powerful testimony. Another one of the guys that's going to share with you goes all the way back to the very beginning of our church, uh, in the days when we were the little church on the pond, and I've been telling him for over 10 years that one day you're going to get up front, you're going to share your testimony, because you've got a powerful one, and today you're going to get to hear that God story, a God at work story. So I want to challenge you as you listen to those to a couple of things. First of all, as you listen to these people, realize how their personal story, how their testimony touches you. Because the reason God calls us to share them is because a personal story when God is at work in our lives resonates with us. Because we all want to know that God is real and at work in our lives. The second thing I want you to think about is, what's your testimony? What is your faith story of God at work in your life? Who were you before you met Jesus? How did you meet Jesus? And who are you now? How have you been changed because of him? That, folks, is your testimony. You're going to hear some from some brave folks today. And then I want to challenge you as you leave to think about what is your testimony and who can you share it with? Who can you tell to encourage your story of God at work in your life? Thanks, Pastor Steve. Hello, folks. My name is Jed, and I'm just a guy. Um, But we're up here just uh, humbly blessed to have this opportunity to share our stories with you this morning. Um, And the testimony simply is, as Pastor Steve stated, it's uh, who we were before we had that encounter with the Lord or, or got to know him in a real way, how that happened in our lives, and then who we are afterwards. So we're just going to walk through each of those steps in our lives. Um, and to make it easy, I'll just get started with mine. So so I was raised just outside of New London here um, in a tremendous home, a Christ-centered home with wonderful parents uh, and four brothers, 
went to Christian school in Wilmer through sixth grade and went to New London Spicer High School. And through that time, I was involved in the youth group and involved in church, um, Bible studies, and the, the whole nine. Um, and basically, the point being is that I, I did have a real relationship with the Lord, really, from a young age. Um, went to, to college and, you know, continued to, to live in that way, um, just being part of the worship team being a youth leader, uh, and, and all of that. Um, so I really didn't experience any hardships or anything. I don't have a great excuse for why the wheels fell off. Um, but I really thought I had my life under control. I, yes, I trusted uh, Jesus, but I kind of had things really squared away. So it was almost like, you're welcome, Lord, for what I have done. Um, and that was a bit of a problem, as it turns out. So after college, though, my, um, my faith kind of became complacent, and I started to stand still in my faith. And any time you do that uh, with your relationship with anyone, uh, it just starts to creep backwards. So over the few years following college, I had moved out to Seattle. I had gotten married. And, and after a few years... It turned out that I found myself in life circumstances where the joy had just been removed from my life, and I did not feel any joy, uh, and in fact, I was kind of falling into a place of uh, despair at that time. And in order to cope, uh, since I couldn't do it on my own, in order to cope and to not care as much, I turned to alcohol uh, as a way out, basically, because it was very effective and taken away any care. Um, and basically that progressed through uh, 2017 uh, or so where I was uh, kind of full-on uh, an alcoholic. So, And that also led me to a tremendous amount of despair and just pure hopelessness. So, Sienna, how about you? Um, so I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I got to hear all of their testimonies during first service and I was thinking, wow, they've lived a lot more life than I have. So my story is a little shorter than theirs, but with all that being said, I was obedient to God by saying yes to this because, um, someone may need to be encouraged by something from my testimony. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid who, um, I am a kid, but when I was a littler kid, <laughs> I grew up in the church um, I wasn't a bad kid, but I did live for the world. I seeked approval from peers and spent time with people who didn't help me get closer to him. Um, I knew of him, but didn't have a relationship with him. It was not until the summer of 2018 when I was beginning to become transformed by him and decided to live my life for him. Like it says in Hebrews um, chapter 5, I was a young Christian who was drinking off of the milk until I was ready for the solid food. Thanks, Hannah. Mark? Um, before I met Jesus, uh, I wasn't much of a churchgoer, didn't read the Bible. Uh, I grew up in a family that really never went to church. Um, but every night my mom would read a story from a book, and then we would pray the Lord's Prayer before we went to bed. That was about it until I met my wife. Uh, when I got married... I would attend church occasionally with the girls, Barb. And 
I really didn't know much about Jesus or God. Um, I did believe in a higher power, but I figured, well, you can believe in whatever you want to believe in. I believed that God was had more important things to do than think about me and my life. I figured that as long as I didn't ask God for anything, he wouldn't ask anything of me. Thanks, Mark. Tracy. Um, so I was also raised in a Christian home, um, so I knew who God was. But um, I had um, some traumatic events happen when I was quite a small girl. Um, and at that point, I believed I was bad. And, you know, so I loved Jesus, but I, I was raised also to believe that um, God was a punishing God. I feared him, you know, and, um, you know, he um, he was scary, and he wasn't going to want a bad girl, you know. So I, I just didn't think that um, I could have that in my life. Um, you know, so I went from a little girl that... Uh, that used to bring my mom flowers and wear dresses and be happy. And she said, I just changed overnight. And I was just a very fearful child. Um, I needed to be perfect, I thought. And, you know, I didn't trust anybody. Um, I just felt alone. Um, and I quickly, so at a very young age, I also became an alcoholic. Um, and I struggled with that a lot of my life. Um, but I was angry with God, you know, um, at that point. I can still see myself saying, oh, this is the life you want for me. And I can still see myself telling him I don't want nothing to do with him. I was angry. I, you know, I don't want you in my life. Um, and then I did get sober. Um, and then I wanted him back in my life. But I just didn't think that I was worthy. So, you know, I was sober and life was better. Um, but it just wasn't full or complete. I just felt like something was missing. You know, and I, I still struggled because I didn't have any foundation. So, yeah. Thanks, Tracy. We got two marks on this side, so we're going to go back to Mark. Well, when I first got asked to, to get up here and give my testimony, I started seeking the Lord and saying, what, what do you want me to say? Um, and all I could get from him is, don't worry. Well, I didn't write anything down. And I've forgotten everything I said at the first service, so <laughs> now I'm a little nervous. But when I grew up, I, I grew up, I was born and raised in the church. So I don't really remember what was before Jesus because I always knew him. I always knew of him. Um, but then the 70s came along, the hippie days. Thanks, Mark. All right. Moving on to our second uh, part of our story where uh, what kind of or how how we ended up accepting Christ or kind of getting to know him in a real way. Um, so uh, during that time frame of getting into a pretty dark, dark place, I had moved to Colorado for a while and then eventually had moved back here to to the homeland um, I went to a couple of treatments, treatment centers, and I remember uh, in one of them I had a, a counselor who was a believer. Uh, the 
treatment center was not faith-based, but uh, somehow I, I had a believer as, as my counselor, which was interesting. So we really had some good conversations, and I had shared with him that I, I know, I know all the answers, really, like I, in my head for my faith. I, I knew scripture. I, I knew all the stuff. And I, I knew the stuff in terms of living in recovery. But there was a disconnect, it seemed, from my, from my head to my heart. And I remember him saying, it's, it'd be a shame for a man to miss eternity in heaven by 18 inches. And he was saying, distance from my head to my heart. And that kind of shook me because I, I knew that I had a relationship with Jesus as I had accepted him as a, as a young uh, boy. Uh, but I did need to get to the bottom of what that disconnect was between my head and my heart. Um, basically, how I knew that there was freedom in Christ but how do I experience and fully know what freedom in Christ looks like uh, on a day-to-day basis? Um, and for me, spending a lot of time locked in this treatment center and spending time with the Lord and finally just being honest with my situation with him, not trying to cover anything up to anyone because everybody knew what was going on with Jed at this point. I just gave up control. So it turns out that just as I was absolutely powerless to control alcohol in my life. I too was absolutely powerless in controlling my life and dictating my life as I saw fit. Um, so at that time, uh, I just gave, gave up that control because I couldn't do it anymore uh, as I had reached such utter dark places that they don't even seem real to me anymore. Uh, I can't imagine I was ever in that place, but I truly was. Um, at that time, one, one scripture that stuck out to me was in Psalm 33:18 to 22, where it says, But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. And that is where I started to actually experience and feel that love and grace that I knew was out there, but couldn't seem to put into my heart. Um, There were a couple of ways Jesus came real to me all around the same time. When I was younger, I listened to pop and rap music, which is what everyone else was listening to, so I did too. Um, As time went on, dipping my toes into Jesus, I spent a lot more time listening to worship music, which is one way I could really feel his presence. Another way was when I jumped into reading scripture. Psalms was the first book I read, and I could not get enough. The scripture truly washed over me, and my Psalms book is packed full of journaling, prayers, and drawings. I also spent a lot of time sitting at experienced Christians' feet from whom I soaked up a lot of Jesus from. Cool. Thanks, Anna. Mark? Uh, uh, I met Jesus when I was 18 years old, but I didn't realize that it was him till much, much later. I was hit by a car when I was 18. I saw the car coming through the smoke. Just before the car hit me, I heard someone yell, jump. It wasn't the guy I was working with. He didn't hear it. But I heard it plain as day. I jumped maybe a couple inches off the ground, and those two inches 
Christ saved me from being sucked under the car and saved my life. Uh, when my family started going to a different church, I started to go a little more. And then Barb and I, we moved up here to a family farm. You know, we started looking for a new church. I was still a bit hesitant. I had a lot going on on Sundays, like hunting and fishing. Met a young pastor at a church who would preach the word of God right from the book. Said, I heard the word of God through that pastor and became softened, and my heart and my eyes began to open. God was revealing himself to me more and more. I was hearing from Jesus, and one day I realized that that voice I heard yelling jump was him. Thanks, Mark. Tracy, how about you? Um, Well, like I said, you know, I... I always believed in God. I just didn't know how to have that relationship with him. You know, I, I even remember going to church, you know, um, while I was still using going to small groups, and these people would be talking about this relationship they had with God. And I was clueless. You know, they'd be, you know, just in the worship, and, uh, you know, I I had no idea what they were talking about. You know, I just thought, okay, they're just a little nuts, you know. Um, but part of me was jealous. You know, I wanted that. I just I didn't know how to get it, you know. Um and even in recovery, you know, um, I had my struggles because I didn't have that foundation. Um, so at one point I moved from Texas to Duluth, Minnesota, which is very cold. I'm not sure why I did that. No. Um, but uh, Duluth was a real battle for me. Um, you know, I pretty much lost everything there. And um, I drank again and um, for quite a while. And I actually was in a coma for a while. But before that happened, I just... I remember being filled with this love, and it was just this warmth that just fell, fell through my whole body, and just, it was just nothing like I'd ever felt before, and I just, I, I remember thinking, you know, is this what it's like to love you, Jesus? And he said, yes, child, it is. So I went to um, the hospital, and I was looking at going into treatment, and uh, I wanted to go to Teen Challenge, because I always knew I was missing that spiritual part. You know, the little thing in the back of your head saying, "Uh uh-huh. But I just couldn't get it. You know, I just, I didn't know. And before I decided, I talked to a chaplain, and I told her, I said, listen, I don't know how to pray. My aunt prays these great prayers. I I don't know how to do it. And she goes, well, it's really easy. You only need three words. Please help and thank you. You can use them all together. You can use them one at a time. That's all you need to start. And so that's what I did. And um, they were going to get me into Teen, or I wanted to go to Teen Challenge, but... For some reason, you know, they didn't know if I'd be able to get there. But all these other places could take you. I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't need to go to Teen Challenge. I don't need that part, you know. Thinking I, you know, didn't. And uh, that night I prayed on it. And that morning I woke woke up and I realized I needed to go to Teen Challenge. And I told her, listen, I'm sorry. You know, I changed my mind. She was like, oh. Then she said, you know, I'm really glad you said that. Because now um, none of the other places can take you. The only place that can take you is Teen Challenge. Um, so I went to Teen Challenge, and my life changed pretty much immediately. Um, God just showed up. I mean, uh, you know, just in prayers, my, I saw prayers answered. My prayers changed to, you know, from please and help and thank you to God. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you, you need to take over. And he did, you know. Um, the, the Bible became the living word. 
You know, he would give me scripture. I had people to talk to about God and, and get to understand him. Um, you know, I saw a group of women that would pray every morning. And this and the power of that prayer and those prayers being answered, you know, and he still does that today. You know, he shows up and he talks to me. And I listen to a lot of Christian music, too, in my car. And let me tell you, it's an event because I am praying and I'm just hallelujah. You know, I'm, I'm not the greatest singer, but when that music's loud, it don't matter. So, um, yeah, he's in my life for sure. Cool. Thanks, Tracy. So now... Uh Oh, Mark, sorry. There we go. Woofda. I was going to say anyway. Woofda. My mom was a very godly mom. And I can remember her at noon, every day at noon, she would go into her bedroom and lock her door and pray for an hour. And it was my job to watch the phone. In the old days, we had phones in our house with a line you had to pick up and answer. Um, And it was my job to take care of the phone. for an hour, and I'd answer the phone, and they'd ask for my mom, and I'd say, no, I'm sorry, she's saying her prayers. Um, But as far as a life-changing experience, um, I always had him with me. Uh, I can remember at the church we used to go to, every after every service there was an altar call, and there was an invite. If you wanted to accept Jesus into your heart, into your life, to forgive your sins, to be born again, you raised your hand and you came forward and accepted him. And I did that every time, every time. I wanted to make sure that I had him. But as far as a lightning knockdown experience, my mom came into my room one time when I was young, and she said, I just want you to know that Jesus knows how much you love him. And that changed me. It, I realized that I did love him. I'd had a love affair with him all my life. Um. And that's my experience of accepting. But I've always, I've always known him. I've always known who he was. Um, it just became more personal. Thanks, Mark. I basically have one job up here, and I almost left him out. That's problematic. <laughs> no. So then kind of who we have become uh, since that experience uh, with Christ. Um, you know, it's an ongoing relationship it is relationship that we seek and uh, we don't get to a relationship with a person or our god and then and we're just kind of we've arrived it's an ongoing process so giving up control for me was a daily exercise because my human nature is always trying to grab it back trying to take it back and put my own uh whatever i wanted to do back up on the throne instead of the lord um, and God continues to show me areas in my life where he sees that I need to surrender control. Um, and he has shown me or allowed me to experience the consequences when I've chosen not to. Um, it, it still happens even after uh, these uh, encounters that we have with the Lord. Um, but basically, I had such a weight of shame guilt, failure. I was in this bondage, it seemed like, um, of hopelessness and despair. Uh, That, once I gave up control to him, just transformed completely into basically the opposites of each of those things. Um, You know, I found myself 
just with in a, a place of peace, as he promised that we would, um, contentment and, and gratefulness. And one thing that I really focus on now is to be grateful in all circumstances. If I was allowing my circumstances to really take me down, um, and if that's the case, we're going to be kind of blown and tossed by our circumstances, but being content in all of them and being so full of joy. And it's amazing how much more effective being thankful is for something and thankful for what we have uh, is so much more effective than going to the booze. It doesn't, I don't know, it's real and it, uh, it's a miracle to say the least. Um, so the case in point, you know, I was I was blessed to just be on this stage in in August, and my wife Callie and I were married. Um, and I one area of my life that I was giving up control in was that. And as soon as he gave up control, there was a gal named Callie playing on the worship team when I came to church one morning, and I was like, hmm, how about that? So praise the Lord. For what he does. Uh, in my ever-growing relationship with the Lord, he's proved true uh, what the author of Lamentations had, had stated and what I previously just could not grasp. It says in Lamentations 3.21, this is after he had lamented about some tough stuff that he was going through. It says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Sienna. Fast forward a couple years of learning about Jesus and drinking the milk, like it says in Hebrews, to being able to handle the solid food. I've been able to intimately know the Lord and fully embrace who he is and what he has done for me. I've been able to not just learn what is given to me from messages and teachers, but actually dive into what Scripture says and how it ties into the Old and New Testament. I am able to share with others the joy, freedom, and goodness that comes from him. Thanks, Anna. Mark? Um, now, I, I hardly miss a Sunday at church. Um, I do spend a little time in a deer stand, but I think you get closer to God there, too. Amen. Uh, I know now that I need God, and I know that he's always been there in my life. Um, when I, if you haven't figured it out, I'm the 10-year-old, or the 10-year guy, 10 guy at the old church. And, uh, when me and my wife started going there, that's right, I lost it last time too, sorry. Uh, Steve always talked about coming up for communion. And that if you believed, you, you come up. God is there for you. Took a little while, and Barb looked at me one Sunday and said, "Are you ready?" 
I know how important he is to me. I know how important I am to him. I'm very thankful for him yelling at me to jump because it saved my life. Now I got to throw my daughter under the bus. God is good. And I'm glad he yells at stubborn, hard-headed, blind people like I was. Amen. Thanks, Mark. Tracy. Um, Who I am now. Um, I'm a child of God. I am a new creation. Um, I'm a disciple for God. You know, um, the big book of AA tells us, you know, in the promises that we won't regret the press, nor will we want to shut the door on it. And so now, all of those things that haunted me for years, all of the abuses, all that pain, all that fright, that fear, the aloneness, now it's gone. And I need to, I can use all of those experiences to help another person. It's used for God's glory. Satan loses. God wins. You know, amen. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, my life is so different. One of the scriptures they gave us was Acts 5.20, and it says, you know, to... Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this new life. And that's what I get to do. You know, like I, I looked at that. I, I did a little study and I, you know, it says you got to go boldly. Like God saved you now. Now you got to go boldly. And, you know, God's been giving me that word lately. You know, um, you need to represent Jesus. You need to go to the lowest, the lost people. And you need to tell them about Jesus. You know, and I, I have that opportunity to do that now. Um, you know, I get to say, pick me, pick me, God, and um, share him with other people. Um, part of, well, a big part of my recovery is Recovery Church. Um, and, you know, with that, I so many people have poured into me, you know, and still do. And now I get to, I get to do that with others. You know, I, I prayed for Recovery Church. You know, I wanted something, you know, take AA and God, let's put it together. You know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. You know, he did that. You know, um, in April, I get to go on a recovery road trip where there's like over 20 of our churches now, and I will be traveling across the country, visiting 15 of them, um, praying with them, getting to know them, trying, uniting us. You know, who gets to do that? I do. You know, who am I going to meet on the way? We're praying for the people I'll meet on the way, you know, for God to put them in front of me. You know, because all I want to do now that I know God is to share him because it's just such a wonderful thing. You know, I work part time. So I work part time at the treatment center in my little town of Painesville. And, you know, they know I'm a Christian. I work with some of the clients there. And, you know, they'll come to me. I'll, I'll end up starting to work with them, you know, and. Be able to share God with them. And, you know, one of the people I'm working with now is probably going through one of the hardest things in her life. You know, but we, we work a lot together, you know, and she's she listens to prayer. She knows the three words, you know. And um, the other day when um, Friday she was, said she, you know, I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can, I can make it through this. And I said, well, what can we do? Yeah, we can do it. And she said, can you pray? 
someone that didn't even know prayer wants me to pray because she's seeing how it's working in her life. And did God show up? You bet he did. And, um, you know, it was amazing um, to be able to see, see that, you know, and to be able to see God changing people's lives. Who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, come on, right? You know, so um, that's a blessing in my life. Yeah, is totally different now. So I'm very thankful for that. Amen. Thanks, Tracy. Got you this time, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, this mic in front of me makes me want to sing, like Moon River. <laughs> um, <laughs> growing up, knowing who Jesus was all my life, being a born-again, spirit-filled Christian all my life doesn't exempt me from life. It doesn't exempt me from suffering, from, from the heartaches, from the pain that we suffer. Um, a, a few years ago, I lost my wife, my sister, and an eight-year-old granddaughter um, all within six months. And I remember I was so angry. But I wasn't angry at the Lord because I knew, I mean, it's just life. But I can remember shaking my hand in heaven and saying, where are you? That's what I was angry about because I didn't feel him. But he was there. He's always been there. And as much as we suffer with him, I can't imagine doing that without him. So this is an open invitation. If you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart, and know him as your personal savior, please do. It doesn't ha- you don't have to come forward, you don't have to be anywhere, but when he, when he says it's time, it's time. And you say, yeah, Lord, come into my life, come into my heart, rescue me, save me. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Mark. So there you have it, there's our stories. And uh, I'm sure there are many, many more out there and I assure you, it's quite a bit easier to share those one-on-one with other people rather than up up here. So go forth and, and do so. But uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. And uh, God bless you. Thank, thank all of you for being vulnerable and um, and bold and sharing your stories with us. We have we have one more testimony, and it's my privilege to introduce. Michael, um, coming in from California, he's not live, but he uh, sent in his testimony. He is my son, son-in-law, but uh, he and Kirsten and Zuri and Willow are still a part of the Open Door, even though they're not here geographically with us. So um, pay attention to Michael on the screen. Hello, church. My name is Michael Sherman Bakke. I'm 29 years old. Um, I was born and raised in St. Paul, Minnesota. Growing up, my mom was addicted to meth, and my dad was not in the home. Uh, when I was nine years old, my mom left me and my siblings at a friend's house and didn't come back. Um, after that, we went to my grandma's house on my dad's side. Um, we lived there for about four or five years. Um, while I lived there, when I was 12 years old, I was molested. Um, after that, I remember hating my life and hating myself and blaming myself for all that had happened in my life, for my mom leaving, for her addiction. Um, So after that, I started hanging out with people I probably shouldn't have, um, smoking weed, drinking, and experimenting, really with whatever drug I could get my hands on. Um, 
when I was 13, my grandma had enough of me running away and just running the streets, uh, so she gave up her rights. Um, after that, I was brought to a shelter, and I waited there for placement uh, until my social worker could find a place for me to go. Um, I would say after like three months, he found a placement for me at a foster home in Hastings, Minnesota. Um, Donna and Frank were my foster parents, and they were amazing. Um, but I was just lost. I, I hated myself. Um, I had a lot of bitterness in my heart for my parents, really for anybody, because I felt like everybody had done me wrong in my life. Um, when I was 16, my mom got sober and got custody back of me and my brother. And I just continued to use, continued to manipulate and try to hurt my mom intentionally and hurt other people uh, because I was hurting. Um, when I was 18, I crashed my car drunk uh, with my best friend in it and he almost died. Um, he broke all the bones in his face. And from there, I ended up having to go to prison. And that's the first time that I ever picked up a Bible. I was sitting there and I realized that I needed something to change. Um, and that was the first time I ever had read the gospel and heard about Jesus. And uh, I just remember sitting there and feeling a peace that I had never felt before <clears throat> in my entire life. How this man could die who was sinless and didn't do anything that he would die for me. Um, and shortly after, I wanted I remember getting, wanting to get out of prison and change my life, but I literally did not know how to do that. Um, so I got out and I still struggled and struggled and eventually it just got worse and worse. I eventually started using heroin and then it led to a full-blown IV addiction. Um, and I remember one time just sitting in the bathroom, I think it was at my mom's house, and uh, doing my thing and trying to intentionally overdose and nothing happening. And I just remember feeling God's presence and I just knew right then and there that I had to go and get help. So. Uh, the very next day, I went up to Brainerd Teen Challenge. Uh, I did the 13 months there and graduated in August of 2016. Um, I did good for a while out of there, um, and then I, I fell. I relapsed. Uh, I continued to struggle. Um, and then I believe in 2017, close to 2018, I moved to Wilmer. Um, I got clean. I think it was 2017. I got sober. A while later, I met my wife, uh, Kirsten. Um, we got married, uh, and we moved to Fargo, bought a home in Fargo. Um, and it's all because of God. It's just a huge blessing. Um, I've now not touched dope for over four years, almost five years, I believe. And we have a beautiful, two beautiful daughters, but we just had a, a daughter, Zuri Joe, and. Uh, I just look at my life and I'm able to give them what I always wanted, what I was never given. And, um, and I think of a verse, it's Romans 8:28, um, And we know that God works all things for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And um, I just feel like he's used and continues to use all the things in my life that are very painful, ugly, um, to help others um, when they're hurting and to be what I need to be as a father for my family. Uh, so thank you for listening to my testimony. I was a nervous wreck, so I apologize, but I love you all. Have a great day.